Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer. And welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast. You can learn more about us on our website, workerbeing.com, on social media, or you can support our community. You can find more details at workerbeing.com slash community. So today we're going to talk about bullying and coworker support. Um, so it's a little bit of a heavier topic when it comes to the bullying side, but there are some things that this research found that we can do to help that. But before we dive in, I actually wanted to ask you, have you ever witnessed bullying at work? Hmm. Yes, I definitely have, actually. Um, I haven't, I don't think I have witnessed it as much in corporate jobs that I've had. Like I'm thinking about a role that I had in HR for a little while. And when I was in consulting, I don't think I saw a lot of bullying in either of those roles, but I definitely saw bullying when I worked in restaurants. Um, That was definitely the case. And I think academia is very prone to bullying because there's all these I know it's I know everywhere is prone to bullying but for me in my experiences I feel like the power dynamics and the blurriness of lines and the lack of accountability because it's like faculty and students and what's the relationship between those people formally is a little unclear but there's definitely a power dynamic and there's not as much awareness of reportability of channels and things like that. So I think I saw a lot more in, um, you know, kind of more, I guess, lower wage work in a sense where managers would bully people who worked in the restaurant. And there was some harassment, like sexual harassment mixed with bullying, giving people horrible shifts or making fun of people or you know, saying things about gossiping behind people's backs and um, things of that nature where, you know, you're creating kind of a hostile work environment. And then in academia, I feel like advisors um, to PhD students or faculty often will be in really bad relationships with students because it seems like an unclear relationship, even though it's not. And I don't think the students often report. Yeah, I think there's something there about not reporting. And also, like, from a student's perspective, at least when I was a student, I wasn't there thinking this is a workplace for Mm -hmm. the faculty. Yeah. Which, like, obviously it is a workplace. And I think I started, like, thinking about it in those terms when I went to grad school. But when I was an undergrad, like, you're not really thinking – Like, I don't know, maybe it's because you're young and kind of naive and inexperienced, but you're not really thinking like, oh, this is a professor's job. (laughs) This is like a workplace for them. Yeah. You're kind of just going in as a student. This is a place where you learn. And so it has like a weird dynamic where I don't feel like it's always clear to everybody that it's like it's an actual normal workplace and should run like a normal workplace should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's right. And I think also that creates some leeway for people who would be more prone to bully people to realize, oh, this is an opportunity where I can probably be more likely to get away with this. So I think that's also a 
an issue. Um, what about yeah. you? Have you seen bullying? Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a job many moons ago that I was in where there were some, gosh, the dynamics there were so weird and complicated. And there was like, there were some senior leaders that almost created like little cliques against each other. Mm-hmm. And there was like a little bit of bullying behavior. Like uh, there was like one click that was like these male leaders and then these female leaders and the male leaders were, I would almost say there was like a sexual harassment component there too. We're just like mm-hmm. really not okay in the way they were treating the women. Um, and then there were also within that same environment, it's kind of like toxicity just grew more toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, like a slightly lower level leader, um, more at the director level, not like at the SVP level. She was, I would consider her a huge bully. She was very, mm-hmm. very gossip. Like she liked me. So I was on like, the safe side. Um, but I always ended up being like the, one of the people that she would come and gossip to me about mm-hmm. stuff going on. It made me feel really uncomfortable. And then she would just like gossip and spread rumors about people. And like in meetings, she would put people down. Um, it was really, really rough to yeah. watch. And this was an HR. So it was like an HR person that was doing this. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was terrible. So definitely saw it there. Uh, another workplace um, I was in also, I would say had some bullying tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there were like two workplaces I was in that I saw it. There were probably, I'm sure there were small behaviors in other work environments I was in, but maybe less obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were definitely two extreme examples in my career. Where I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people behave this way. And guess what? I didn't last in those workplaces for very long because even though yeah. luckily I was never the victim of the bullying, it was not a good environment to be in. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting too, because I've also seen that, I mean, not necessarily, um, in, uh, not necessarily, uh, in my own personal experience, but I taught in an HR program for a long time and had a lot of students who were in HR and it's interesting how it's not really about all the time whether or not a person knows what is appropriate. Like HR people ostensibly right. know what's appropriate, right? But it wasn't so much about that. It was it wasn't that they didn't know. <laughs> it was that they knew and they were doing it anyway. Right. Um, which right. is uh, interesting. And I heard some of the worst stories, honestly, about HR people. I used to have a student who. Um, they would have this like designer handbag Wednesday and the head of HR would make the whole HR team bring a design, a different designer handbag every Wednesday. A different one. Yeah. And they were supposed to like, um, yeah, like ridiculous. And then she would like make fun of other people's clothes and be like, Oh, like that person, like, like they, she, she would make them all sit together in the cafeteria and then she would have them like make fun of, she would make fun of what people wore and she was like, we have to be fashionable like as a group, like we have to look professional and blah, blah. But like, it was very unclear why she felt that way. But my student was like, I'm a student and like, I, I do not have like a new handbag a week. Like what is occurring? (laughs) Could you imagine who has a new handbag a week? No one. That's such a, like she obviously came from money or something. That's so wild. Yes. 
But that was an that was a person in HR, and she was like, I'm appalled by this person's behavior. She's like gossiping about people, making fun of people, like, and she's in HR, like, so it's. I just think it's interesting that it's not even an awareness issue all the time. It's like people that are gonna do that might do it no matter what. Yeah, there's something, there's something deeper going on in yeah. those situations. <laughs> that's but a strange I, one. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. But well, we're not here to talk about what causes bullying. Yes. Um, today, which I think is a very interesting and deep topic, and probably has a lot of like clinical psychology stuff to yes. it. Yes. Um, but today we're going to talk about like what that experience of bullying at work can do in terms of um, your psychological needs. So we'll talk about that a little bit, and then what happens when you get emotional support from a coworker. So my top three takeaways, number one, experiencing bullying at work can impact your sense of competence, autonomy, and relatedness. Um, so I'll talk about that a little bit further, but those are considered psychological needs in the workplace. And so basically, in other words, it makes you feel less capable. It makes you feel more controlled or oppressed is a word they used um, and also rejected by people. Hmm. So bullying is bad. No good. Yes. Which I think everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's um, good to cement. Yes, good point. Um, Takeaway two, um, receiving emotional support from a colleague when you're being bullied in a direct way. So that means like somebody's ridiculing you, yelling at you, making fun of you, um, making fun of your work. That if somebody is giving you emotional support because of those kind of more direct, obvious behaviors, it can help reduce um, the impact on your feelings of competence and relatedness. Mm. So there's a way to offset that. It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Cool. But unfortunately, emotional support does not help if you're being bullied in indirect ways. And so mm. these are the ways that are a little more subtle things like social isolation, people spreading rumors and gossip. Um, so I'll break that down a little bit further as well. Awesome. Okay. So it sounds like uh, we're going to hear about some negative aspects, but we're also going to have some solutions and maybe potentially things to avoid. Exactly. Yep. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, well, I would love to hear more about, and I think it's always a good reminder, even though it seems like common sense, right, that bullying's bad, but we might have some people listening who are experiencing bullying, and uh, it's a good reminder that this is a problem. You're not alone and you're not uh, crazy for feeling like it's a problem. And also to really pinpoint like what are those issues because mm -hmm. maybe it can be helpful to point those out to people um, who might be able to help you make a difference. So I'm curious to learn more. Yeah, of course. So bullying, um, I'll just kind of give a quick definition. It's basically defined as uh, repeated behaviors towards you. Um, that are negative. So like the, they literally say like repeated and prolonged exposure to negative acts. So negative acts is kind of a funny way of wording it, but basically it's like the, the things that you would encompass bullying. And there's four different ways or it's kind of, if you think of different quadrants, there's multiple ways that you can think about the types of behaviors that go into bullying. So indirect bullying um, is more passive. It's things like people leaving you out, people gossiping about you, spreading rumors, things that's not happening directly to your face. Direct bullying is things like humil humiliation, shouting, verbal threats, intimidation. Mm -hmm. um, and those two things can happen in either person-related behaviors or work-related behaviors. 
So person-related behaviors are basically behaviors that are trying to like ruin your social experience at work. So things mm. like being ignored, things like um, being intimidated but not related to the job. It's like someone's kind of like just making verbal threats towards you for, you know, just because of who you are, things like that. Work-related are more specific to work. So if it's like an indirect behavior, it's like you're leave you're somebody's intentionally leaving out information that would help you do your job. Mm. Um, doing like, you know, doing things that are not like to your face. Like they'll tell you like, oh, we need this by X date, but they'll leave out that it needs to be in a PowerPoint or it needs to be, you know, sent to the CEO mm. on that date or whatever. So they're doing things that are going to make your job harder and potentially make you fail. Um, and then the direct behaviors are more of like ridicule about the work. So like you're in a meeting and someone's like, that's a dumb idea or, mm. um, oh my God, can you believe that? Like Katina, I can't believe you even presented that. That was so terrible. Like things mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Um, so they're more work related. Okay. So it sounds like there's like different targets and then sort of different levels, right? Um, in terms yep. of the extent to which people are like the intensity of it. Exactly. Yes. Cool. Um, And so when you're looking at all of these types of bullying, the research, like broadly, besides the study that I'm talking about today, um, the research generally shows that it's bad, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're experiencing bullying, it's going to impact your psychological health. It's going to make you have sleep problems, leads to depression, anxiety, burnout, um, all sorts of bad things. So it's obviously terrible if you're a victim of bullying. It's also terrible if there's bullying in your work environment. That's going to increase stress for all employees, even the ones that are not the victims. Um, and it also tends to kind of impact overall company effectiveness, creates a lot of turnover. As I mentioned, I was not the um, victim of the bullying that I've experienced or seen. And I left very quickly. So those types of things tend to bubble up if there's bullying in the environment, even if you aren't the victim. Yeah, it sounds like maybe witnessing bullying tells you something. And I don't know if they talked about this in the article, but it sends a signal to you that this work environment is not safe. And I would imagine that if it's prolonged and you're experiencing something where people aren't stepping in or you're noticing that this is something that's kind of getting brushed under the rug, that it might send you a signal that this is something that the workplace doesn't really care to do anything about. And I could see that really driving turnover in the long term. Right. Yep, exactly. That's exactly right. And then when it comes, so like, so this, that's kind of just like defining it. So just wanted to get that out there, make sure we all understood what bullying mm-hmm. means. This study is unique because what it did was it actually looked at like the daily effect. So a lot of studies will be like, do you experience bullying or do you not experience bullying? And then how does that impact your health down the mm-hmm. road? Right. So you're comparing people that do have bullying, people that don't. And this one, it's looking at an individual person and seeing like over time, you know, on days that you're getting some of these negative things happening to you, what is happening for for you in terms of like you're getting your psychological needs met and mm-hmm. etc. So we've talked about psychological needs before, but there's basically some like key things that people are really looking for on the job and that if you're satisfied in your psychological needs, like that's positive, right? You're going to be well, they're going to feel like you can grow on the job. It's going to just be make your job better and happier mm-hmm. um and so those things are what i mentioned in the takeaways competence 
So feeling like you're able to do your job, you feel like you know what you're doing, you're capable. Um, Autonomy, which means that you have some control over your day, the way you're doing your work. Um, So you're not like micromanaged or, you know, everything is over controlled. Mm-hmm. So you have some idea, ability to control your work and then relatedness, which is basically like that social component that you have uh, relationships with people that are positive, um, that you feel like you're part of a group, a community, a team, what have you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are some things to be gained um, when you're in workplaces that, um, you know, you're really being supported and feeling like I can do this. I'm good at this. Nobody's breathing down my neck. And um, I have relationships that are valuable to me and that I feel valued by other people as well. Exactly. And the way they describe the psychological needs here is actually a way I've not seen it described before and I kind of liked it, was psychological nutrients that are essential to ongoing psychological growth, integrity, and well-being. And I was like, oh, I like that. <laughs> Eat your, your psychological vegetables. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So a good environment is going to give you a sense of autonomy, competence, and relatedness. Like that's really positive. It helps employees, you know, feel happy on the job, motivated, yeah. helps their well-being, blah, blah, blah. So basically like the big bad side of bullying in terms of these needs is that when you're experiencing any of this type of bullying, whether it's person-related, work-related, indirect, direct, you are more likely to feel like your needs are not being met. So you feel less Mm. in control. You feel less capable. You don't feel connected. Um, So all those psychological needs are not met, which tends to lead to things like dissatisfaction, you know, absenteeism, turnover, health impacts, blah, blah, blah. That really makes sense because I I think a lot of times when people are getting bullied and particularly... And, and I don't know if this is just unique to a U.S. context, but because we're more individualistic, like, you know, well, it's up to you to kind of deal with it, find ways to cope with it, keep moving forward, et cetera. I think that recognizing that part of what's happening is that you have this idea in your head when you're getting bullied that you aren't good enough to be there, that you're not competent enough. So, like, you start to doubt yourself and you don't feel like you can do the things you want. So you're like hypervigilant, like monitoring, like, did I do this wrong? Did I do that wrong? Is there something Mm -hmm. that you sort of start to feel a little crazy depending upon what form the bullying takes because you haven't maybe been told before that you're not good at what you do, but now you are. And I realize, uh, you know, I, I recognize that there's a permeating anxiety that, can become really hard for people that it's a feeling of do I really am I maybe I am not good enough to be here maybe I don't know what I'm doing and I need to ask more questions before I do it so that I don't get in trouble on the back end you kind of just start to doubt yourself and feel really disconnected from other people because part of that is that you're not you start to second guess how other people are interpreting you, even if you're not a person who really worried about that before. Yeah, totally. That's totally right. Right? Like you're, these behaviors can change your perception of yourself, your environment, and, and can really create these, these issues when it comes to getting your needs met at work. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so like, that's a huge problem, right? 
And so what this study or group of studies within this paper did was then look to see, okay, so if you're getting these, like getting bullying during the day, then you feel less competent, autonomous related. What happens if a coworker comes in and is like, hey, like I'm going to support you, right? Like I mm-hmm. am going to listen to what you have to say about this. I'm here to hear you out, what have you. Um, so that is actually a really, really positive behavior. And I know we've talked about coworker support before and how good it can be and how helpful it can be. And in the case of bullying, um, if you go to a coworker about these direct behaviors, right? So things like being yelled at or being made fun of, et cetera, you're going to see, a, you're going to basically like buffer the impact on your psychological needs, specifically on competence and relatedness. Um, which makes a lot of sense, right? You still might feel a little out of control because somebody's been bullying you. So the autonomy doesn't really get impacted. But now you've talked to a coworker and they've supported you. So now you're feeling like, well, they think I'm competent. So I guess mm-hmm. that's, I'm not going to feel as bad about that. And now you're also connecting with another person. So your relatedness is obviously going to improve because now you've got somebody that you're relating to. So you're, the bullying is buffered by this emotional support because now you feel like, okay, this other person still thinks I'm competent. This other person is connecting with me. So at least those two needs have not been impacted, which helps me feel better overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes intuitive sense, although I hadn't thought about it in quite that way before. So it's helpful. You know, I think we've all been in a situation where someone is telling us that we're something we feel maybe we're not. And I'm not saying not to take feedback or to be resistant to the idea that there are places to improve or whatever. But I think that we've all been in a position where someone's treating us in a way that doesn't align with what we feel we deserve as a person or what we feel aligns with our performance or contributions. And going to another person and explaining that and having them say, you're not crazy this is, you really are good at what you're doing. I really value you as a team member. I find your contributions really important and I do think you're being overlooked or I do think that you're facing different challenges than maybe other people or maybe we're all facing these challenges from this person um, and I just didn't know that before, whatever the case may be. But I think it is really helpful to be seen for that from somebody that it makes you feel like you're not losing your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's huge. I think it's huge just having somebody else kind of let you know that you are not losing it, that there's, you know, this behavior is unacceptable from this other person and it's not you, you're fine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes a lot of sense, but you're still might feel a little bit out of control because you can't control that other person. So -hmm. that makes sense. It doesn't impact that. The thing, the one caveat, as I mentioned, the takeaways that is really unfortunate though, is that Emotional support isn't very helpful for indirect behaviors. Mm. Um, And the researchers are kind of theorizing, like, what does that mean? Like, if I, you know, let's say um, I am getting bullied in the sense that somebody's not giving me all the information that I need Mm -hmm. um, to do my job. Like, emotional support around that looks a little different because now you have to kind of explain this like Mm -hmm. less direct thing that isn't as obvious, right? It could be, it could be be chalked up to a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. Someone yells at you. Obviously that's not cool. 
someone doesn't give you all the information, well, they didn't mean that maybe, right? So there's mm-hmm. like a little bit harder to yeah. get support that's helpful. And the other thing is they were saying, they were wondering if like maybe people are less likely to seek some support too. Um, because mm-hmm. now it's like those types of behaviors can actually be more like kind of permeate your sense of self a bit differently because you're like questioning, is this that person actually withholding information from me or am I missing something? I'm not asking the right questions. Maybe that's just their personality and they just don't yeah. tend to give a lot of information. So you start to question like your own reality a little bit because you're not having a very concrete example of like something horrible somebody did to you, it's more kind of behind the scenes or like rumors, right? You're hearing rumors about yourself, but you don't know where it's starting. And like, why is that rumor happening? Like maybe people do think this about me. Maybe this is who I am. Like those types of things can be a lot harder to shake and get the right support because there's like this kind of, I don't know, it just kind of creates like a very different kind of environment than somebody Mm -hmm. just screaming at you. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I feel like I've been in this situation before and it kind of makes sense to me where if you're pointing out something that's really clear and everybody can agree, well, that person was out of line, you don't feel nervous bringing it up to another person and you don't think about it afterwards that maybe that person might interpret you as part of the problem or that you're a whiner or a complainer or whatever. And I know they didn't get into measuring those mechanisms, but it sounds like that's sort of what they're thinking might have been going on is that if there's a potential for another interpretation, it might feel more painful to decide to share it and to share it. And you might be more worried in the long term that people might have a more negative view of you for sharing it or thinking it than if it's just a super clear thing. So I, I could totally get that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it does make like a weird situation. And if like that person, like, let's just say, Katina, I come to you about Joe, who I think is withholding information. You're like, well, Joe and I have worked together and we're fine. You know, Mm -hmm. like unless that person has had that experience themselves, it can be hard to be like, that doesn't seem like I don't I don't see what's happening here. There's a disconnect for me as a colleague that's listening to it. Right. While. If, uh, you know, this person's yelling or there's like a very concrete example of bad behavior that just makes it easier to be like, oh, well, even though Joe and I have had a good relationship, like that's really out of line. Like no one should say that to an empo- another employee. Right. Um, it's just a lot easier to explain it and not feel like, you know, what you're saying is like kind of weird. And then you're worried exactly what you're saying. I think that there is a worry that, well, now I'm talking badly about Joe, but maybe Katina likes Joe and... Mm-hmm that it's like it's not it's just like a feeling I'm getting or it seems to be a pattern but maybe it's really in my head so it's just I think it's a lot more complex when it's indirect yeah Um, so it's kind of sad that emotional support is less helpful for that but if you're a colleague of somebody that's getting bullied you know trying to support them regardless is obviously good but if it's a direct behavior that's being that they're being yelled at humiliated etc you know that your support is going to actually make a big impact on their well-being. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, and I mean, I would imagine if we're just theorizing why people might have more of an issue um, sharing or disclosing, I don't know if they talked about this, but it could be the case that you just say to the person, look, I believe you that this is happening and it sounds terrible. And while my experiences with this person may not align or um, there may be multiple interpretations of this, um, 
I recognize what you're saying and I think it's a problem. So maybe there's uh, something people who are offering that support can do to offset some of that awkwardness that someone might feel about bringing it up or being nervous about how people might view that, that would kind of make those findings less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. They didn't talk about that, but I do think there's probably something to that. And I think it kind of gets back to the idea of like having a friend at work, right? Mm -hmm. You know, coworker support it doesn't have to be somebody on your team directly, but having somebody at work that you can really rely on and, and come to with support, that makes it easier because if you have an issue like this, that person, you know, is going to, have your back because you're already right. a friend with them. Um, but if you don't have that kind of friendship and you are returning to a colleague, like I completely agree, like that colleague, if they can at least, um, you know, make it clear that you've been heard, that you understand how they're feeling, what their perception of the situation is, you know, give them that support. And if you don't agree that this person, that other person does that kind of thing, that's fine. But, you know, m maybe don't, overemphasize those mm -hmm. things right because this person's experience is their experience and there's some reason why they're feeling that way mm -hmm. um I think it's okay to say like alternatives like I think that maybe this is what happened mm -hmm. but I hear what's happening like hear how you're feeling I you know I don't know if that's the reason I think that this is something that obviously needs to be worked you know like giving them the support right in a way that doesn't make it feel like they're making something up I think yeah is important. I think that makes total sense yeah. So I think pretty straightforward takeaways here um, for everybody that's listening. You know, if people come to you with bullying, um, explaining something that's going on with them, please support them. If you are going through bullying, find your support system, share with somebody else. Hopefully you can get um, some emotional support to help you through it. Um, and then hopefully you can resolve the bullying so it doesn't continue. But um, I think it's really good that you can work on your coworker relationships to try to support your, your well-being when you're in this type of situation. Yeah. And also remembering that if you're experiencing bullying and you're starting to feel like, am I not good at this? Uh, I'm nervous to do things on my own without getting permission. I'm not sure, you know, if I'm capable anymore. Also recognizing that those are normal thoughts that people have when they're going through these hard times and just knowing that and saying like, okay, this is something that actually happens. Um, this is something that, you know, it's not the case that it's not necessarily the case that this is really about me. And the fact that I'm feeling this way is a, is a byproduct of bullying that people experience. And just knowing that there's some normalization around how you're feeling might help you to remember that how you're feeling might not actually be linked to who you are or what you can do, but that this is what happens when people get bullying and maybe being able to think through, think through that and rationalize that will help to better get you through also. That's a really, really great point. I love that. So just making sure that, you know, you're not alone. This happens to people and it causes you to feel those ways. So you're not incompetent all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you know, that is not, has nothing to do with you. Um, and yeah, it's trying to remind yourself of that, I think is, is huge. That's a really great call out. Yeah. Even really confident people who are really confident who get bullied can start to feel like maybe they're not able to do what they think they can do because of that experience. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. 
awful thing. I hate it. Hopefully yeah. nobody listening is going through this. If you are, we really empathize and hope you can get yourself out of that situation. But hopefully a couple of these things can help. And, you know, if you're a leader too, thinking about, you know, making, obviously making sure that people aren't being bullied around you if possible. Um, but having these kinds of conversations, even with your team can be helpful, right? Like if mm-hmm. you're feeling X, Y, Z, maybe you're being bullied. Um, think kind of, I think helping people understand, I mean, gosh, I feel like every leadership team in the world will hate me for saying that, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> legal risk, whatever. But, um, but I do think it's important to have conversations. And if, you know, your management is saying like, we don't tolerate bullying behavior. Um, we know that sometimes when people are bullied, they start to feel less competent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we really want to make sure that our employees are feeling safe and comfortable. So if you ever feel like you're experiencing bullying, it's probably a good reminder to tell people like, hey, reach out to get support from your colleagues, but also talk to me as your leader. I want to support yeah. you and also want to fix it. Right. So providing I think that support a good is reminder also a there. takeaway. Yeah. Being yeah. a person who provides support is also something that we can uh, take away from this, too, that let it, it makes it makes a difference, at least when things are overt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think leaders have a responsibility to remind people to report these types of behaviors. So yeah, final note, not related to the study, but I do think it's important for leaders to have those conversations. Yeah, that people know that there's a channel where they can get support, not just informally, but also that something could actually be done to make sure that these things don't happen from a structural perspective. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for listening to this article. I hope it was helpful and interesting. Yes, I'm really grateful that you brought this up. It's always good to have conversations about things that happen that are bad at work. Not that they're not uh, depressing to talk about, but that uh, we can maybe normalize those conversations and make people feel uh, better if that's what they're experiencing, that they're not alone and uh, give some solutions for how to maybe make it a little better. Exactly. So thank you all for listening. Hopefully this help this is helpful content for you. Um, is, as always, if you want to reach out and want to connect with us, you can find us on our wor- website, workerbeing.com. You can find us on social. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. And you'll also find in the show notes a Calendly link if you ever want to connect about any of our services or anything that we provide. We'd love to have a chat. Thanks for listening. Thriving at Work is hosted by us, Dr. Patricia Grabarek and Dr. Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson.